Good morning, everyone. Jim, this is day one of Where in the World is Jim Laird. Uh, today, uh, I'm in Clearwater Beach at the Residence Inn in Marriott, which is a very nice hotel if you have not been here. Um, very nice. Doing a couple in-person visits today before I, I get out of town. So, um, yeah, made a little error on the scheduling. Uh, scheduled it for 9 p.m. by mistake instead of 9 a.m. So here we are. And today, um, today, first of all, a little change to the email. We usually send out the, uh, we just had uh, hormones and aging. We did that uh, yesterday uh, for, our, for our weekly lesson, masterclass, whatever you want to call it. And um, we usually send those emails out with that link Mondays and Wednesdays. From now on, we're just going to do it Wednesday nights. So next week is an excellent topic is how to be, how to drive, how to manage being driven. You know, uh, I have a lot of experience myself with this and uh, not to mention working with, you know, most of my clients that I've worked with in the last 25, 30 years. Most of them are highly driven people that have uh, athletes and um, normal folks that that uh, kind of drove their car off the road, so to speak, including myself. So a lot of experience on that topic. And so does Dr. Stillman. We both work with a lot of hard charging people that we have to kind of teach them how to manage themselves a little bit better. That's going to be Thursday, uh, next Thursday at 10 a.m. And we'll be sending a link to register for that out on Wednesday night. So you want to be on the lookout for that. Of course, our our uh, get on our email list. The uh, website is stillmanwellness.com. Uh, just go over there and get on our email list, and you'll get that uh, you'll get that link every Wednesday. It's 100% free. There's no sales call or anything like that. If you'd like to work with us, we'd love to help you. But it's not like a typical webinar or lesson this actually goes into our fundamentals of wellness course under something called wellness secrets. That being said, there's the housekeeping stuff. Now, <clears throat> this is, this is kind of like yesterday's topic where you talk about veganism or you talk about, you know, carnivore or whatever the back squat, the traditional back squat with a, with a straight bar is kind of like, um, it's kind of like in that same category, people are, are married to it, you know, same with things like deadlifts and bench press, right? These are all things that people, uh, have this, uh, emotional relationship with, and I, I have nothing against a barbell back squat, right? But when I work with clients, unless they're specifically a power lifter, I generally don't barbell back squat people. Uh, and the main reason is, is one, it's much harder to get the zone of apposition where your rib cage and your pelvis are lined up and stacked. So basically my, you know, I'm showing this, if you're listening to this, my rib cage and my pelvis are lined up. Most people, when they go to pull their shoulder blades together, they're going to have to, they're going to slightly arch their back, which is, which is fine. It's just, most people are already stuck there and I don't want to drive them any further. So a lot of people have a hard time managing their rib cage and they're already extended. Or if they're starting out, I don't want to build, you're like, I don't want to enhance that really extended strategy even more. So I like front squats. I like goblet squats. I like using a safety squat bar or the Kabuki strength bar is incredible. It has all sorts of different settings. It's a, it's a safety squat bar. So for, you know, when I get people that are, that I'm working with, I want them to start actually lifting as soon as possible. And so doing a, a goblet squat with off a box or elevating someone's heels with the, with the kettlebell in front of them, it's going to help them manage their, their, their middle, their trunk, whatever verbiage you want to use for that much easier. And they're going to be able to access, they're going to be able to get a nice, you know, knee bend depending on what's going on with their hips. So we can turn it into more of a squatty squat, which is more of a vertical squat. 
depending on people's body structure. Uh, and then as far as like shoulder function and, and depending on the athlete I'm working with, like baseball players, I would never, ever, ever do uh, a traditional um, back squat with because they, you, there's so much compression that's going on in the system. And then you pull those shoulder blades together. You know, baseball players, overhead athletes, they have to get up over their head and their shoulder blade has to move around the rib cage. And if that rib cage is extremely compressed, okay, and it's 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 extended, it's going to really limit that. So, and then also as you get really good at traditional back squats, even well, front squats, not so much, but there's so much compression that you're creating that you, that you lose the ability to turn. So if you look at like a power lifter or somebody like a bodybuilder, generally they lose their ability to turn over time. So if you have an athlete and people will say, well, I squat back squat, you know, I traditionally back squat all my athletes and most of them, you know, all of them get better to a certain point. But then at a certain point, like that's why in powerlifting, if you look at like, uh, you know, powerlifters, they start off, they're doing, they're doing traditional back squats and then they have to go to the Buffalo bar and then they have to go to a safety squat bar because they can't get their shoulders back there anymore. They're, they make, there's adaptations to their thorax that really limit their shoulder range of motion and you can stretch and things like that. But really it's that shape change that's allowing you to complete, create more compression so you can create more force. Um, so that essentially, um, you get, you get better at lifting weights. So I would prefer to front squat athletes, safety squat bar. Um, you know, I don't, when people like a trap bar deadlift, I don't overly aggressively tell people to pull their shoulder blades hard together or put their head back. Cause that's, once again, most people, most athletes are kind of extended already. I don't want to drive that pattern even more. That's something Bill Hartman taught me, you know, circumferential expansion, creating pressure all the way around the canister um, so that we're not driving that hard arch. And I see that a lot. You know, you go to the gym and, you know, you know, you have football. I worked with a lot of young football players and they're arching on the bench and they're pulling their shoulder blades together and they're they're doing that on all their rows. They're not reaching you know, they're doing their push-ups and they're not reaching, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. And then they're arching on the squat, um, hard arch on the squat, hard arch on the deadlift, hard arch on the bench. And then they wonder why their knees are bothering them. Their shoulders start hurting and they can't get low and they can't move well and they can't turn well. If you're an offensive lineman, you might be able to get away with that. But for the most part, losing the ability to turn as an athlete is, uh, is not ideal. Um, and so the, the one reason is, is one, I can get people lifting faster Two, it's a much easier when you're working in a group, like I would do group strength training classes, like four to six people at a time. And it's much easier, the safety squat bar or a Zercher squat or people like a sandbag squat, Zercher squat that just puts people in a much better position. You have to coach less. And, and really as a coach, when you work with people, particularly in a group setting um, or in a semi-private setting you want to basically put people in positions that pretty much the exercise coaches them for you. And you, you know, obviously you, you give them the old cues and stuff, but if you choose the right exercises, it should put their body in the position that really allows them to do the exercise very efficiently and in a way that is non-compensatory, which means non-compensatory would be my definition of that would be, uh, non-compensatory is like an emergency override strategy. It's not like a natural biomechanically efficient, movement that would be that like like going overhead like putting your arms over your head if you have to arch your back to go over your head that's a compensatory strategy so you're 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 kind of finding ways around things to get certain 
aspects done. And, you know, uh, there's not any of this is good or bad. There's just trade-offs to everything, right? So there's, there's always trade-offs to every exercise. There's always um, consequences, side effects, adaptations. So, um, yeah, but that's basically my thoughts on that. And I'm sure there'll be somebody come on here and, and just not be happy with that. But essentially, unless you're a powerlifter, I essentially just, I choose not to do the traditional back squat with you unless you really want to. And that way, and then when you do do traditional back squat, you pull your shoulder blades together, but just make sure you're not really arching really hard. You want to keep that stack and you want to keep that pressure all the way around. So you're not really jamming into your low back. Like you look at guys like Ed Cohn, you know, they didn't, they didn't do that really hard arch on the squat. It was more of a, you know, stacked rib cage and pelvis, um, which is more, much more efficient, uh, has less downstream consequences. So I think we're going to cut her loose today. I've got a meeting with somebody here in a few minutes. Um, you know, that's one thing I really miss, uh, about, I miss working with people in person. Um, I've had some opportunities to train a few people here time to time, especially when you're in person visits or, you know, at the gym, I have to be careful. I, I can, you know, um, I'll see somebody that's struggling with something. I'll ask them if they need help and they'll be like either no or yes. And I'll show them a couple things and I'll leave them be, but I, I really miss, uh, working with people in person. Um, I love what I'm doing now. Don't get me wrong. I love doing the group coaching and stuff, but I'm looking forward to getting somewhere, uh, and setting myself up and, and working with a few people in person. Cause I, I, I really love the in-person stuff. So these in-person, uh, these in-person visits that I do, uh, with Dr. Stillman, uh, are a lot of fun for me. Uh, unfortunately, because I'm going to be overseas for a little while, I will, I'll have to have a break after today. I'll have a break from that for a little while. So Hope you're doing well. I hope you get outside uh, today. And I have no idea where I'm going to be on Monday. Well, I kind of have an idea. I'll probably be in New Orleans. But um, we're going to start making our way down towards Mexico or Nicaragua, Mexico uh, here in the next day or two. So have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you get yourself outside.